The following podcast is presented by Together Washington. Together Washington, we are seeking to build bridges across divides and tell the inspiring stories of those building the common good. If you'd like to support or get involved with Together Washington, go to togetherwashington.com. We are uh, we're thrilled today to have Mayor Jimmy Mata from Burien. He uh, is one of the great leaders in our region, doing amazing things. Really excited to have uh, Jimmy on the show. Jimmy, welcome. Right on. Well, thank you very much. Appreciate the work you're doing out there for our businesses, our mom and pop businesses, and the community in general. Well, I'm really happy that uh, seeing the work you're making happen and you know i know that the osprey of uh, bistro here in south park uh, wanted to say hi and he really thanks for what you all are doing for the small businesses in seattle and uh, washington state as a whole yeah that's great well tell us i love south park we actually are doing um every two weeks we're doing um family emergency kit distributions at the south park community center that's a oh really that's an awesome community tell us a little bit more about the restaurant there that you're at yeah well osprey uh, bistro Opened up in the middle of the pandemic. He's my neighbor. He lives in Burien. I try to stay in Burien, shop in Burien. But, you know, my neighbor needs some help, right? And so this is Osprey, O-S-P-R-E-Y, Bistro in South Park. Um, you know, he has a wife. He has a young child. And it's been really tough. You know, he's my neighbor. I've seen them, you know, with those school right now with their child. And she's a librarian. And, you know, his dream was to open up a restaurant uh, once in his life. And here's his dream come true. And so... I just hope that the South Park uh, residents understand who they have. They have a champion, a small business, a champion, a family, and a, you know, just a great person. Yeah, that's great. Well, I'll tell you, we'll, we'll give them a couple plugs during the, the course of this show because I love that's a great community. And I'll tell you, opening a restaurant during the pandemic, wow. Oh my. I mean, that is, uh, <laughs> my goodness sakes. I mean, that that's courage right there. And I appreciate, I appreciate that kind of courage. That's for sure. Just, you know, look, the, the way what we have going on right here, Tim, right now in America is that we're one community. We're one economy. An injury to one is an injury all. That means that in this, we're in it together. Mm. And we have Latino, black, uh, Asian, white restaurants struggling. Yeah. In this, in this, you know, pandemic. And so, you know, I think that, uh, we've lost, the conversation piece here. You know, when I grew up, I grew up in Eastern Washington. My mom and dad uh, came from Guatemala in 1974. I was born in 1975. You know, I want to use the word settling because the Europeans use the word settling for the 13 colonies. But when I was born, my parents were called illegal aliens, right? But mm. but they did journey here, you know. And when we talk about the three forms of government, socialism, communism, and capitalism, well, my family lived it all. You know, they are from Guatemala. And so to me, it's like, you know, reality is my parents' family was murdered because of Chiquita Banana, right? Uh, America had a great appetite for Chiquita, Chiquita Banana. And so they ended up, you know, having to suffer because of what we talk about capitalism. But then, you know, at the time, there was this whole struggle, and you know, they were called the Red Unions and they were called the Red People and and so that was communism, right? And then we got socialism. And so the reality is no form of those kind of governments have helped. When we look at capitalism, we look at America. We live in the greatest nation in the world. And then on top of that, I, you know, I got a chance to meet the Mexican president. And I'll be, I'm very happy that the city council, Burien, has authorized me to sign 
with the North North America Mayors Network, and so that's Canada, the United States, and Mexico. But this is the craziest thing. I'm an American. I love being an American. I'm very grateful to my parents. But when I was in Mexico at the North America's Mayors Conference, I had a white mayor ask me, "Young man, what part of Mexico are you a mayor of?" I said, oh, "Excuse me, I'm sorry, I'm an American mayor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm brown, but I'm an American mayor." <laughs> you know, and because I love my, you know, I love my country. You know, my parents. Ancestors are from Guatemala, but that's my parents' country, right? Like when I decided to run, damn it's because I was at a Safeway store. It was the Women's March in downtown Seattle. You know, Trump, whether you like him or not, you know, people were protesting him. And in my my mind is, look, the majority decided that was our president, and we can go out and protest. But I think when the line was basically, I guess, drawn in the sand is when he said they sent us the worst. They sent us their rapists. They're drug dealers. Well, that's not what I was brought up with. You know, I was brought up with a very strong mother. Mm-hmm. Yes, my father, you know, spoke English before he died. He died of an overdose uh, in Burien of a uh, meth of a, a heroin. You know, I have some cousins that were murdered because of gang violence. The other ones that went to prison. I was raised around the same environment. But you know what helped me is my white mentors, my black mentors, my Asian mentors, my Latino mentors, my LGBTQ plus mentors. Along the line, you know, they really mentor me learning how to be a proud American, hmm. right? So while I was in Mexico, I speak Spanish, so I said, I don't need interpreters. Oh, my God, I'm with my people, right? But while I was there, I had a, a life epiphany because while the Mexican electors were speaking, I could only understand probably 90% of it, but when I put my earbuds on, I could understand 100% of it. Hmm. I was shocked, right? There's nowhere else in the world that people like me exist but in the United States of America, right? Yeah. And so I'm going, oh, my God, I'm not like a quarter of American. I'm like a full American. There is no such thing as being a quarter or half. I'm an American. I love my country. Hmm. Right? And when I see our military people, like, they understand what it is to be an American. Like, those individuals understand that when we go to war, it doesn't matter whether you're black, brown, native, white. We're one, you know, because we want to protect the liberties that we have in this country. And so I'm very uh, proud to be an American. And then I got the opportunity to go to China, you know, and I was there and it was interesting. I love China. China is really a beautiful place. You know, for Washington, we should love China and Mexico because when it comes to trade, we trade quite a bit of dollars. We wouldn't be the economy we are. Imagine back in the day, we were an agricultural economy and farm owners and farm uh, owners had the money from the federal government, and then they needed the workforce, so we brought in immigrants. And we liked the undocumented ones because, you know, they didn't really cry too much, right? Well, then we ended up becoming a very wealthy state, and then we said, well, what do we got to do? So then Boeing existed. Well, you know, I'm kind of concerned in the state that we're not backing Boeing. We need to be backing Boeing. What do we want to buy our planes from Airbus or China? No, we want to buy them from Washington State. We want to buy them from Everett. That's what we want to buy them from. Have they made some mistakes? Yes. But, you know, when I was in China, they're about to launch, you know, a plane that's like Airbus and Boeing. Hmm. That's concerning, right? Yeah. Now, once we become an aviation world with Boeing, then we figured out that tech, because we're a community and we're a society in America, that we believe in evolution and we believe in not only evolution, but the growth of minds, right? And so we brought the best minds and we became leaders within the tech world. And in the tech world, 
We don't care if you're brown, black, Indian, white. What we need is we need the brightest brains in technology to make sure we continue to be the world leaders in technology. But one thing that I learned from in, in, in wrapping up my thought in China was that I felt like I wanted to have barbecue ribs. <laughs> I wanted to have a hamburger. I wanted to have a taco. <laughs> I wanted to have like Vietnamese pho soup. I wanted to have Indian food. Like what I get to enjoy in America and what makes us strong is the very thing that's tearing us apart. And it's concerning to me. Hmm. We're talking to Mayor Jimmy Mata of the great city of Burien in South King County. You know, Jimmy, you talked about, you know, just being an American and, you know, I, I think of, you know, your story. I just, I, I love, I love your story. It, it just really, it, it brings just inspiration to me when I think about America, right? And I think about, you know, you're the first Latino mayor of Burien. You, um, as you said, you know, your, you know, your parents came from Guatemala. Um, they were, from what I understand of your story and what you said, they were undocumented farm workers. That's correct. And I mean, tell us what it's like to, you know, your parents, they come here as, you know, undocumented farm workers from Guatemala and you grow up here and you're the mayor of Burien and you are doing amazing work across our region. And I just, and I, just that kind of story, I, I love that kind of story. It brings so much joy, but I'd love to maybe Obviously, there's a lot we could talk about with that, but yeah. but tell us, just kind of give us a little more kind of details around, for, for you personally, what that's been like. <laughs> well, I can remember my first thoughts, because I didn't understand we were homeless, right? Because my mom and dad, my dad bought a van. So my dad learned English in, uh, in uh, Belize, and Belize as a country, it's British it's a British territory, right? So Englishmen came there. And so people in Belize, they speak English and they speak Croyo and they speak Spanish because Guatemala and Mexico is right by them. Well, this is interesting because my, my aunt is half black. And this is the craziest thing, Tim, that there was a black American man who came down to Guatemala and my brother, grandmother fell in love at first sight, had a child, half American child, but she was from Guatemala. She was a Mayan, didn't speak English. And my father always remembered that he had a stepfather whose aunt is black, American black, not Guatemalan black, because we have Guatemalan blacks and Guatemalan Mexicans. Right? So what ended up happening, my grandmother came to this country throughout my father. My father wanted to learn English. You know, he knew his kids had to have English names. That's why my name is Jimmy Mata. My sister's name is Susan Mata. And my other sister is Jennifer Mata. And my sister with another man is Evita Vasquez Torres. <laughs> Very difficult to have that kind of day because, you know, I'm sure that the applications have maybe been overlooked. But regardless, my father said, I want to bring you to a country, Mijo, that generation after generation after generation after generation will benefit from the sacrifice of your mother and I. I never really, my father was a drug addict. He was a drunk. But, you know, that's my dad. And when he died, I mean, who wants to be the son of a drug addict I mean, or a drunk? I mean, who, who, I mean, you don't grow up and say, I want to be the son of a drug addict or a father. So when my father died, he was 48 years old. He died in Berrien. And when I ran, I always felt like that was shame. And that's kind of a shame, shaming thing, right? 
So I had to tell all my uh, sponsors, all my people who were supporting my campaign, you know, I've been lying to you for the last several years. My father died of a drug overdose, not of a heart attack. I got to tell you that I felt like it was chains that were released from me, right? Mm. Because I was a farm worker. My parents were homeless, but I didn't realize that the reason they were homeless is because they couldn't pay for hotel rooms because we were only making three seventy-five an hour in the field, right? There was no overtime. Uh, there was no water. I mean, I remember when my sister and I would drink water out of the canals, right? Hmm. And I remember when my mother, we'd sleep in the van and we'd be, my sister and I, we'd be like little monkeys going from tree to tree and we were eating all these cherries. And my poor mother. <laughs> now, you know what happens when you eat a pound of cherries. <laughs> <laughs> and she had to get up early, but she showed her loving, you know, approach to my father and me and my, my sisters. Well, I didn't get to meet my sister until she was 15. She was left in my parents' country. My other sister and my little sister were Americans. She couldn't speak English. So when she came to the school system, you know, uh, what ended up happening is she wasn't very bright amongst the you know, the book of society. I was raised in an all-white school, Ephrata, Washington. I was a dude. I love ACDC. I love Impact. I like Ozzy Osbourne. Like, those are the people I grew up with. I'm a dude, right? But then I started seeing these Latinos, and I'm going, well, because I had an identity crisis, right? Like, I was raised in Ephrata. I got beat up when I first got there, wore black eyes, wore fat lips. But then I didn't know why they were beating me up, because I was different, right? But eventually, I kind of fitted in. And I'm so happy I went through that episode of my life because now being the mayor of the city of Burien, I'm the mayor of everybody. If you're conservative, I want to hear you out. Now, look, I may not agree with you, okay? And if you're highly liberal, I may not agree with you, okay? Like I was raised in eastern Washington, right? We, we hunt there. You know, we have a gun in our home to protect our family. So I may not be a traditional Democrat, right? Because now we're like so... So focused on labels. Mm-hmm. Well, we got to bring our country back as to what are we dealing with today? Well, there's poor, poor white kids in this country that aren't being fed. There's poor white kids in this country that have an abusive father or mother. There's kids in this country that their parents are so strong on drugs that they're having to be in a trailer without running water in a camper eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Because, you know, I'm so grateful to my father. Because all of his mistakes, all of his, I guess, would say in society's words, screw-ups, is why I'm the man that I am today. Because I've seen those white kids, you know, when their parents were dealing drugs and they were high on drugs. Hmm. I've seen the young black kids in our country. I've seen the Latinos. I've seen the Asians. I've seen prostitution. I've seen black men trying to find a job in this country and nobody's giving them opportunity. So we have some work to do in our country, and it's going to take people like you, Tim, to roll up their sleeves. And let's, let's, not, let's not be like I'm a politician, okay? I, I'm an elected official, but I believe I'm an elected official that I'm going to tell you how it is. Like, you know, I see it with my own eyes, and, you know, I wasn't born into politics. I was born into a poor family who came to this country undocumented, who were looking for an opportunity, just like the people that came from those places where they were ejected because of the religion, because they were felons, because they were the worst, the worst of the of that world. And so they sent them to the new country, you know, the 13 colonies. And so let's not forget how the 13 colonies were created. <laughs> Jimmy, you know, you're you're taught, man, I just listening to you tell, you know, your story. And it's like 
I think, you know, the, the mentality that you have around, you know, you, a, a couple different areas, one talking about, um, you know, learning from the mistakes, right. Of learning from the mistakes of our, of our family. Right. Um, and taking almost like, you know, the, the old saying about, you know, you know, pick the flowers and leave the weeds behind. Um, and, <laughs> and the, and then the other thing about, you know, that you're the, looking at people as, as human, right. D- not based on their ideology. Right. And you may not agree with them, but, but actually seeing everyone see my, my sense is because of what, you know, because of your, your journey, your story, you have a way of seeing everyone as human, right? In the sense that everyone deserves dignity and respect. Doesn't matter if they're, you know, as you said, conservative, progressive, whatever it is, but it, we're, we're human, right? And we're Americans. And I think that you're the, you're the kind of person um, that we need to, you know, I think that for the future of our country, we, we need to have that, right? We need to have those kind of that mentality that, of bringing people together in such a way, whether if we agree or not, well, especially if we disagree, right, that we see each other's humanness, right? Everybody has a story, Tim. And here's the, here's the thing. I'm getting tired of this. And I'm going to tell you what I'm tired of. If you ain't black, don't talk to me about black issues, okay? In Burien, I'm the mayor of, and I have the ability to influence um, in Durian, we are starting the second Tuesday of every month at the same location at the same time for the next four years that I'm going to be involved in politics. I am going to be talking to the son and the daughters of sleeves. Like, I think what happens in America is that we look at the black community as a one, right? Like, we have immigrants who are Somali, East African. Their needs are different. Their needs are like my immigrants that come to America, like my parents. You know, when we have people from Texas, California, Arizona, like the reality is that was Mexico one time. Like, you know, it's like it's like our black kids of slaves have said, you know what? We didn't choose to come here. And so when people say, well, what do these people want? Free money? No, that's not what they want. This is what they want. And I've heard directly from their mouth. We just want opportunity for procurement of federal jobs, state jobs. We just want to be able to have our children be able to have an opportunity to be hired as an intern, not to be afraid of us. We just want to make sure that we're building our businesses. So this whole notion of they want something free, that's not what black Americans want. What they want is just a little bit of respect. When they say black lives matter, you know, the other day, you know, it's interesting because, you know, I was told that I wasn't progressive or lefty enough because BLM wanted to be painted on the streets. Like, well, do you think that's what, black Americans want in this country? Because I, I can tell you what I've heard from black Americans that I've heard from black mouths. Look, in history books, this is what we were taught. We were taught about Martin Luther King. We were taught about Rosa Parks. We are taught about Cesar Chavez. Right? Like, if we can't see buildings or streets named after them, then what are we doing as a country? Like, do you think that just putting BLM on the street is good enough? No. We got to change buildings. We got to change streets. We got to make sure that when I have my young brown kids walking down the street, Miko, that that that's Cesar Chavez. You know who Cesar Chavez is? In fact, the farm worker movement didn't even start with Cesar Chavez. It started with the Filipinos, right? So the question here is, what are we doing as a country? So I can tell you what I'm doing in Burien. 
Hey, Jimmy. Every month, the second Sunday of every month at 7 a.m., we'll have Marvin Gaye, we'll have Al Green, and you'll be able to have the opportunity to talk to the mayor of the city of Beer. And, and you know what? We're going to be doing some um, growing in our community. We're talking about several millions of dollars. I mean, we're talking more than $100 million, millions of dollars are going to be spent in Burien. I'm going to see black women in minority-owned business on these jobs. We are having just a phenomenal, profound time with Jimmy Mata, Mayor of Burien in South King County, uh, just hearing the just really inspirational story of, of Jimmy, um, his parents coming from Guatemala, uh, undocumented farm workers and and uh, Jimmy uh, serving our region as as Mayor Iberian doing just a fantastic job and I'd love to Jimmy um, maybe you can share a little bit um, about Berian with with our listeners give give our listeners just kind of that that insider view of because you know probably some folks they probably drive through Berian but maybe you know they 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 may not know. Um, a lot about it. Tell our folks well, about beautiful. the great city of Berrien. Well, I love to speak about uh, the community that I represent, and I'm so proud to represent. First of all, Berrien is known as foodie paradise. As of yesterday night at 11 o'clock p.m., we are now in a relationship with Mexico, and the council has authorized uh, me to be able to be part of that, and I'm very grateful for that. And the reason why is that in Burien, we're 54,000 residents. We're 42% people of color. We're 25% Latino. And I don't want to be naive or blind to the situation that we're in in this country. We have the last count before Bush was 11 million undocumented workers. We're probably at 14. And now we have a situation at the border. We have so many children that are unaccompanied children from Central America. So to me, that's concerning because eventually that will be something that we're going to make sure that we have to look at as a city of Burien within a community where we have 25% Latinos. But the 25% Latinos aren't the rapists or the drug dealers or, you know, how we've been portrayed. These are people that have been in our community for a long time. They've built small businesses. They've been through three recessions since I've been alive and maybe even more before that. But these are struggling businesses. So they understand that as Americans, when we go through a recession, it doesn't matter what color you are. Um, this particular recession here that we're in with coronavirus, I think it's because it's a pandemic. We've really looked at the fabric of our elected officials, uh, where they're really making sure they're looking at the lens of equality and inclusiveness. Um, and that'll be a conversation for another day. But regardless, in Burien, we're a city that's a welcoming city, LGBTQ, Latinos, Asians, blacks, poor whites, rich whites, middle-class whites, middle-class whites, uh, brown, black. It doesn't matter. Look, in our city, the way we look at it is this. We have a problem in our country, which is unhoused people. We have people that have drug problems. We have people that are plagued with poverty. We have a failing education system in our country. So what as a, as a city are we going to do? Well, we got to band together. We don't have enough money from the county, the state, or the federal government to have them come in and help us. So what we did, you know, when I took office, we were the sixth worst city 
in South King County was crime. Gang violence, graffiti. And the fact of the matter was Hispanic gangs. That's not racist to say. It was Latino gangs. So as a Latino elected official, I speak two languages. And sometimes, you know, people in my city will say things like, oh, there he goes. Look, all he wants to do is help Mexicans. That's because he's a Mexican. Well, first of all, I'm not Mexican. My mom and dad are from Guatemala, a different country. Second of all, I've been given the gift that as an American, because I'm a proud American, every morning I get up, I don't read the Guatemala newspaper where my parents are from. I, lead, I read the United States of America <laughs> newspaper, make sure that our economy is doing good, make sure our streets are safe, making sure our law enforcement is respected, making sure that they got what they need to make sure that we keep safe. Because the reality is here. You know, I've heard about the defund of police departments. Well, I want to hear from organizations that work to empower and help children from 5 to 2 in the morning. That's what I want to hear. I want to hear that we, as a city, and to the city of Burien, we lead with services. I'm very thankful to the county executive for putting $2.5 million in our community for the LEAD program. Okay? You just see what happened in the state of Washington, right? They've said that if you're caught with drugs, you're not going to be prosecuted for it unless you can prove that it was your drug. Well, for, for us, we've already been documented that because we believe that we don't want to make felons in our community. You know how much it costs to send somebody to jail? Quite a bit of money. We're talking about every month, every week, every day, we're spending absorbent amounts of money. We've had people that have been uh, arrested 50 times, and everybody said, well, they've been arrested. Well, because we're trying to figure out what can we do without having to, we don't have enough prisons, we don't have enough jails. So what can we, what are we doing wrong in our society? Yeah, I had, we I had the privilege. We have bad criminals out there. And I, we got we to, we, you know, we got to lock them up. Yeah, I was, speaking of lead, Jimmy, I had the, about 10 years ago, had the privilege, I was actually serving as president of the Belltown Business Association when uh, we worked with Lisa Dugard when she, to beta test lead in Belltown and uh, just kind of see how, you know, see how it would go her with the public defender association. And, you know, I got a chance to see firsthand some of the really good things that this program was doing. That's really, that's, it's great to hear. Are, are you just launching lead right now or have you been doing no, it? We've had it for several years. Tim, okay. And you know what, to be quite honest, I was a little skeptical at first and, you know, community, there goes that mayor, that liberal lefty mayor. I'm going, where are you going to get these words about it was hey that was just my favorite song i wanted to know if you like it <laughs> hey you know you did a good choice there. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing tim you know i was uh, you know because i didn't know if it was going to work i'm willing to try it out if it doesn't work because see i'm all about metrics i'm a business owner when we invest our money, we want to know what the return of investment is and what are the metrics of success, right? And so I got to see this in my own eyes because my son moved out with his girlfriend. And what ended up happening is she calls, oh, my God, there's somebody on my house knocking on the door. And so I go over there. I call the, they call the police. Oh, my heart's racing. As, you know, my future, you know, uh, 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 family member, maybe potentially the wife of my son. He says, stay in there, keep the door locked. Right? I get there, and I see this young man brooming. So the police gets there, and, I'm, and he goes, I said, young man, what are you doing here? He goes, 
Officer comes up and he goes, hey, Mayor, um, he's part of the LEAD program. He's been keeping clean. Oh, I said, oh, that's so beautiful. I said, young man, I'm so happy you're cleaning here. You want to stand in the corner right over there, and I'm going to come and talk to you. I said, I want to talk to, you know, my future daughter-in-law. She was scared, of course, because I said, well, what did he say? He goes, I didn't understand. He was talking to the door. So I go up and I tell him, hey, young man, I said, how are you doing today? Because I'm doing great. The officer, I said, we don't need you anymore here. There's no threat to anybody. And so this young man's missing a hand. He says, young man, what happened to your hand? He goes, well, I lost it last year in a firework uh, accident. I said, oh, I'm so sorry. I said, where's your dad? And he goes, oh, my dad's part of the LEAD program. I said, I'm so happy you've been keeping clean. He goes, yes, sir, I'm trying to find a job. And so I knocked on the door, and I just want to be able to make a little bit of money. I said, okay. I said, well, where's your mom? She goes, oh, my mom left my dad and I when, we, when I was a baby. So there's more to these stories than when we see when we drive by that they're just dirty, smelly, unhoused people. Like, there's a story behind them. I said, young man, here's $50. You know, go buy yourself some food. Yeah. Here's a young man that's trying to change his life around. Why cannot we find him a job? He's disabled. I mean, if I was in that situation, I'd give up too. Jimmy, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, j- just that point about how we, you know, all of us have a story, right? And every every story matters right i mean every story matters and when it's it's amazing and what's what's so important is when you get to know someone's story when they get to know yours like we're like we've gotten to know your story on the show today when we get to know someone else's story that that changes things right i mean that really brings us to a level you know, of understanding, of knowledge, of empathy that is so important in the world today. Doesn't wherever you land on whatever issue it is, we can't get past the 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 humanity of what's happening. You know, in our country, we've got to understand that. And I really appreciate you talking about that. having a great time with mayor jimmy mata Iberian. i know you've been encouraged we're having a great time and you know jimmy wanted to you know ask you uh, you know hopefully this is you know you said to ask you anything so um yeah yeah we got, hey look well, i tell the press ask whatever you want yeah you may not get the answer you like <laughs> <laughs> so you guys uh you guys made the news yesterday um you know, the Berrien City Council approved a food truck pilot program, um, and some of the local business owners weren't weren't too happy about that. Tell tell us a little bit about what's going on with that. Well, look, uh, Empresarios Unidos was an organization that started three. See, this is the fourth year, and I've been elected for this is my fourth year, and so my goal was that the businesses would be able to organize regardless if they didn't speak English, regardless if they thought they were qualified or not for not. So what ended up happening is that these individuals ended up organizing and putting in a great letter. I'm, I'm a member of Empresarios Unidos. You know, I have my own business. I'm a construction contractor with Aura Construction. We do commercial downtown, you know, work. So what ended up happening here is that Empresarios Unidos said, you know, Jimmy, we love you. We respect you. We'll, we'll support you. But, we don't like what's going on here. We're in the middle of pandemic. We're afraid we're going to lose our jobs. I mean, lose our businesses. And workers are afraid they're going to lose their job because their boss ends up having to close a restaurant. And so the BDP put out 
some information. They've studied it for at least a year and said, we'd like to be able to say yes to this, but not in the downtown corridor with brick and mortar restaurants are at. We wouldn't want them in residential areas. But the city council decided that they were going to make, they were going to vote for it, right? I voted against having it in residential areas because I think we needed to have more studies on it. So then I called the restaurants because in my mind, we did a great job with communicating, right? Well, <laughs> let me just say I got a, 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 a earful of the Latino business that can't speak English, but they can speak Spanish, and I can speak Spanish very well. <laughs> so, Mayor, it's your fault. I said, well, wait a minute. First of all, I want a place where it doesn't matter whether you're, you speak Spanish or you speak English or you speak another language. I want to be able to hear from you. That's why the second Sunday of every month in Burien, Washington, if you're a black business owner, you will be able to speak with the mayor. They have a co-chair and, and uh, a chair, uh, man and woman on either one of them, because we need representation. And then every month, if they don't like their representative, then I'm going to be there. And then with the East African community for the next four years, you're going to have a calendar. Well, I will be there meeting with you. I want to hear from the East African community and the refugee community. But the black community is completely separate. I want to hear directly from the black American community. And I want to hear from the Latino community. And I want to hear from the white community. And I want to hear from every community in that community because I will make the time and the date. It doesn't matter if it's once a month or once a quarter. So you will have my calendar in Burien, and you will be able to hear from me directly. So what's happening here, if in the last four years that I've been elected, if the only thing I accomplished was to have Bach, uh, 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 BIPOC community have a voice, then I've been able to succeed. Because here's the thing, Tim. This is what I get upset about. Look, I love my white allies. But you're not brown. You haven't had an undocumented parent. You haven't come from another country. You haven't been raised in a farm like I have. Right? If you're going to ask about those, please ask me. Like, if I'm not the unrepresented voice, then I don't know who you're waiting for. My dad died of a drug overdose. My mom was a single mom. She did men jobs to support us. She worked two shifts. You know, uh, I went through a school system that failed me. I'm a high school dropout. Um, you know, I my cousin went to prison for 13 years. The other one was murdered, some gang violence. Uh, I didn't have a room ever in my life until I was an adult because my parents were poor, so my sisters got their room, and I didn't. I slept on the couch. But if I'm not the unrepresented community, I don't know who it is. So you cannot have it both ways. You can't just check out a book because you think that that movement is your movement. And then when BIPOC comes up and lifts their voice, they don't like something. I'll say, well, we don't care about that. We're just going to pass it. So last night, that's what we see. Hmm. And I'm calling out my council members, which is okay. You know, uh, they may love me. They may hate me. But at the end of the day, I have a responsibility to the community that I reflect. Like I am like, I don't wake up in the morning and decide what color I want to be. Like I wake up in the morning. It's, it's interesting. I said at the council the other day, when I wake up in the morning, I looked in the mirror. I couldn't believe I was brown. When I wear a suit, they ask me, what kind of suit is it? Where did you get educated? Where did you go to college at? And how much did that suit cost you? I mean, it's crazy. Hmm. Right? So this is just, a, to me, seeing what I saw in Burien in the last couple of days, it's what I've been working for, right? It's what I've been working towards. It's making sure that Latinos and that blacks and that East Africans and that whites have their ability to have a voice, Right? We may agree, we may not. At the end of the day, we may agree or we may not. You know, I know that I spoke with the flight path today, 
It's a restaurant in Buren that would love to have a food truck in their area. And you know what? The reality is they need it there. <laughs> There's just no food places there. It's a desert, you know? And so reality, I think we can coexist within the same community, but we got to be respectful, right? <laughs> we got to be respectful of those communities that haven't had a voice. Like in, I look at the central district, you know, the other day I had some county, the King County people talking about our growth plan, right? And I said, I remember that when I seen people like them coming to our community, I felt very energized and I felt very happy because I got to see people like me and they got to talk about bike lanes and they said that they were going to have new schools, new playgrounds. And I was so excited because I lived at the Middleton Apartments in Seattle. Next thing we know, when we got this new bus lane, new buses, we got new parks, new schools, like we couldn't afford to live there anymore. So we had to move. So that really wasn't for us. So we, when we have the county officials want to talk about Radman or South King County, uh, South Seattle, like I'm asking, well, who are you talking about? Because in Redmond, it was really for the engineers. In South Seattle, it wasn't necessarily for black or the international district. It wasn't for the Asian community there. Because what I see there is I see this philosophy of, you know, mixed incomes. Hmm. So at the time, we had projects that served everybody. You know, but what's going on with our black Americans in our country? Like, are they being lost in the in the conversation and in the history of our country? I don't know. Well, they say they are. I mean, you, you bring up a really important, powerful point. I mean, I've heard this numerous times. In fact, yesterday I, I saw a, um, a really good friend of mine post on uh, Facebook. He's a, a leader in the Seattle community, African-American community. And he said, and he said, why is the Seattle City Council only listening to those calling for cuts to the police department? Why don't they care about what the rest of us think? And this is from a, you know, a, a, a very notable black, you know, leader in the community. Um, mm-hmm. And I think you're you what your point is, you're, you're seeing that, that quite a lot. You, you see people ascribing um, to, to someone else what they either want or what they should want. It, it's. Well, I can tell you that the, Tim, where I can tell you that this words are my words, right? Because I told you, I'm giving space, right, to the son and the daughter of slaves in this country. Like, let's not forget our history, like, you know. And what's happened to them is that they feel like their voices doesn't matter. It hasn't been heard. When you talk about BLM, it's just not just Black Lives Matter. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot to that word. Right? There's a lot to that word. And even our own Latinos in, our, in, in my community, there's a look, we are 63 million Latinos in the United States of America. Okay? 34 million Latinos can vote in our country. We're $2.5 trillion buying power as Latinos. Buren should be happy. We have 25%. You know how much, how, how much that buying power is? It's tremendous. Okay? But what happens here? is we have 850,000 Latinos for the next two decades turning 18. 50% are dropping out of school. If that's not a national security problem, I don't know what it is. Hmm. If we are the biggest minority majority. We got Jimmy Mata, mayor of the great city of Berrien. And Jimmy, you're... Um, you're- mayoral may, mayorship is that a, what is that the word mayorship your mate i think it is because you know look nowadays they say honorable they say mayor and i'm looking around i go oh you're talking to me i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> so i'm getting 
getting used to all these words. <laughs> so your your um, your term is up um, the end of this year. Is that correct? That is correct. That's yeah. correct. Okay. So tell. I mean, what what are you thinking? I mean, have you? Uh... I'll be honest with you. You know, when I was looking at last year, uh, I wasn't too enthusiastic about where we're going as a country, as a nation, and politics. I almost wanted to be like what people in the middle are doing. They don't want to engage because they don't want to be called racist. They don't want to be called left or they want to be called right or, you know, very cautious. Right. But I got to tell you, we have a responsibility to our country, to our local communities, to voice our opinion. Look, I am a mayor that when I look and I do my job, it's not that I'm a Republican or Democrat. When we walk the streets, that's not a Republican or Democrat street. That's a street for all of us. Hmm. If it's safe, it's safe. And if it ain't safe, it ain't safe for nobody. Mm. Our school systems aren't for Republicans or Democrats. It's for everybody. Mm. If you have a religion, you know, good for you. You know, we cannot discriminate against one or the other. Like, we are a country. That's what, I mean, our founding father said, we want to be a country of freedom of religion, freedom of expression, freedom of the press. And so I said, you know, if I don't rerun then who, right? I am a brown man in this country, but I'm a proud American. And I will go, I will have a, I'll go toe-to-toe -to -toe with a Democrat, I'll go toe-to-toe -to -toe with the Republican, a Social Democrat, the Green Party. I don't know how many more parties we've created. I think Trump's going to do a new one. But regardless, at the end of the day, when we talk about politics is local, it's true. <laughs> this is where we as Americans feel it, right? Like, if our school ain't functioning right for all of our children and our ch children are dropping out of school, we're doing a disservice to them. Mm. We're not, when our law enforcement, regardless if you're Republican, Democrat, or whatever you want to be, look, the numbers in this country show that blacks in this country are dying in more numbers than whites in this country, in more numbers than Latinos in this country, in more numbers than Asians in this country. If we look at hate crimes in this country right now, specifically in Washington, our Asian community suffering, y'all. Like, they're getting beat up for no reason. Like, that's wrong. They're Americans, too. Right? And I think that our white community, this country, I just want to tell you, especially you white women, I'm sorry if you're white in America today, because I'm going to say I'm rerunning, but this may make me lose my election. But I'm going to tell you this, white women in this country, you have the biggest obligation in the United States of America, because you know that because of you, you may have been discriminated because of your gender. You never know that. Now you know how I feel when I can't answer that question. I've done everything. Look, everybody gets mad when somebody gets shot by the cop. But you know where I was? The Children's Hospital, Odessa Brown, and when the doctor said, I've been discriminated, there's a structural, there's structural racism here. And the city council, I asked them to send a letter, and I'm so happy the city council decided to, as a unit, as a whole, write a letter in behalf of the city of Burien because it's for constituents. Look, when we see the Children's Hospital in, in Washington, it serves everybody. Eastern Washington, Spokane, Okanagan, conservative. It doesn't matter what you are, right? But here's the thing, y'all. Just like I said, I woke up in the morning, I couldn't believe I was brown when I looked in the mirror or I'm wearing a suit and they asked me, well, where'd you get educated? Like, I have a child that I love. I have a mother that I love. You know, that's my mom, that's my that's my son, that's my daughter, that's my grandmother. Mm. 
there should never, ever be the question that they did not get serviced and that their life was not saved because of the color of skin. That, that's it. Mm. Now, when we have a man saying that, we should take that really, you know, because, you know, look, if, if somebody gets shot on the streets because they were dealing with the cop and he shouldn't have been doing that, and that's what he gets. Okay, we can, I can understand that. Like, you know, I can understand <laughs> that. But we have a doctor that in society we've said, go to school, get educated, listen, put your hands up if the cop stops you. And that conversation that a black and a Latino have with their kids, like we've had those conversations. But when that child is a doctor and they still feel they're being discriminated within the system, then there's a problem. And you know what? I'm not part of the powers to be in this country, not even in my own city. Like I would not be elected if it wouldn't be for the white vote. And I'm very appreciative of that because you know what? They're allowing me to do the work. But here's the thing, y'all, that in sheer numbers show that we're eventually, that number's going to change. Question is, we're one America. Are we ready for that change? If a brown man or a black man or Asian man or a Asian woman or a black woman or a Latino woman is leading your community or your country, the question is, do they think that we're one economy? That's the big question. So in a roundabout way, Tim, I am rerunning because if it's not me, then who? And I haven't really went out and figured out who that is yet because I've seen our millennials getting ready, right? Like uh, there's 84 million baby boomers in this country. You can fact check me. There may be, you know, give or take, I don't know, maybe I may have a 15%. I may have wrong old numbers. It's about 48 million to 50 million Xers. Yeah, we're called the money generation. There's about 87 million millennials and Z generation, so we just help steer it. But really, it's the millennials and the Z generation, and our young people that are going to dictate where we go as a country. And here's the thing: I'm very happy about that because I see our millennials having those, asking those those, those real hard questions. I can give you the stories of those, of those stories or those questions they're asking. But they're just connecting the words. They have not connected because they're, they're connecting the words. Because when I was growing up, I'd go to my my mom. I go, Mom, oye, ma, qué serán los hombres? Qué es esto? Qué es esto? Mijo, pregúntale a tus maestros. Uh, son, ask your teachers. And teacher, teacher, like, oh. Uh, uh. And so I didn't have time. So then when I took my paper and I gave it to the young lady in the back, that's white. That English is their first language. And that, you know, the reality is they're the European. Uh, you know, who found the new world, and I gave it to her, and 90% of them were wrong. Guess what my new name was? What? It wasn't nice. <laughs> it wasn't nice, and it's not appropriate to say it on the radio, right? But that I was mentally challenged, right? Mm. Yet they w did not respect the people that we're having to deal with that are struggling with mental illness, that are struggling, you know, with disabilities in this country. So we're, we have to become a country. we got to find our moral compass yeah. in the country. Jimmy, what is you, our moral compass? Man, you're you're an inspiration. I mean, I just I love just I love your courage. I love your perseverance. I love your ability to bring people together to uh, be a a consensus builder, a bridge builder. Um, man, I'm I'm gl so glad you're running again. Ha have you? I, I assume you've announced that. Have you announced that? Not yet. Not yet. I can announce it now publicly because I had to learn. Look. Because here, here's the thing. <laughs> you just announced it, Jimmy. You just yeah, did. Yeah, but here, here, here's the thing is when I first ran, like, you know, I didn't know what I was doing, right? So I had, 
So the Republicans go, oh, we got this guy. Oh, my God. He didn't do his LM, you know, F1s. Oh, my God. This guy is bad. He doesn't even know what city he lives in. He couldn't spell it right. But I used to depend on my consultants, right? But now, like any policy you see this year, it's me. If you have any questions about it, you ask me about it. We in Burien are going to change. In my, in my second election here, Tim, this is what we're going to see. I want to hear from small business. And if you don't organize, don't, don't come talk to me after something passed that you didn't like. If I didn't hear from you, I'm sorry. You know, because when I go to sleep, I go to sleep with the information. Uh, I vote and I see things with the information that I have at the time. But you know what? If, look, <laughs> I am setting up these meetings with the BIPOC community, right? So I want to hear from the black community, from the East African community, from the Latino community. In the Latino community, if you want to break that down to Mexican Guatemalan, Salvadorian, Nicaragua, Central America, where we have more kids at the border than we've ever had in the history of the United States. I'm willing to meet with you. I want to hear what's going on in your country. Maybe I can send a letter to Biden and maybe we can influence this. Or maybe I can send a letter to Mexico where we've seen 19 deaths of of undocumented immigrants died in Mexico by the hands of cops. The question is why? We should be asking that question. We should be asking the question is why are these kids coming up to America unaccompanied <laughs> like hmm. they're going to hit my community instead of saying oh my god mayor you support sanctuary cities you're worthless oh my god you're a disgrace to our country oh my god you should be you should be treasoned <laughs> <laughs> you know but this is america we're a freak look we are the leaders of the free world <laughs> you know we have an obligation to all of us look there's no other country like us yeah you know there's no other country that when Drago Construction comes and, bid, and bids on the Alaska Viaduct, and it's a company from Spain who I can sit down at the table when I used to represent labor for 23 years as a labor leader and be able to speak the same language they speak in Spanish and not need an interpreter. Hmm. Like, you know, I'm not negotiating for Guatemala. I'm not negotiating for Mexico. Baby, I'm negotiating for the United States of America, specifically Seattle, yeah. for the Alaska Viaduct. So... Can we go back? So, this is the first announcement of your of your running again. I, I just want to I just want to make that clear. Because, that is clear. Because so uh, be very clear, Tim. I am announcing this physically, verbally on your show. I did already register to rerun. So, for those that want to, I got you. Okay, I did do it right this time. <laughs> I put a I put my daughter, who I love to death, who I hope that she one day will be the president of the United States. You know, she's the top student at Raysbeck Aviation School. She's been the founder of Beering Youth Council. Like, I love my daughter. She is a true American, and I can't wait to see her successes. But, you know, she's the one. She's my treasure. And I got a campaign manager who's, I don't know, 20 years old, <laughs> going to college. You know, look, y'all, if I wanted to be a politician, I would have probably been coming from a wealthy family. I come from a very poor family. I make $600 as a mayor. Like, I don't do this because I make money. I do this because I want to make sure that our community – has the ability to ask those hard questions, and I'm here to listen. But if you don't organize, I'm sorry. Like, if you have one or two voices and you think you're going to change my mind, you got to do better organizing. I'm an organizer in heart. I think that there's three things in society if we don't adhere to. Number one, educate, agitate, and organize. Well, Jimmy, I wish I would have known that 
we are going to get an exclusive here. We've had oh a <laughs> we've had a number of exclusives. You know, as I mentioned, I think earlier, like James Donaldson announced his candidacy for mayor on the show, and I I, I didn't know we were going to get an exclusive today. This is fantastic. <laughs> so there it is, folks. Jimmy Mata is running again. <laughs> I love yeah, it. You know what? I, I got to tell you, you're doing a great job. And here's the thing, man. In the work that you do, we want to just get back to the Republicans I was raised with and the Democrats I was raised with. Okay? You know, when I was growing up, I didn't know if my if I was a Republican or a Democrat. So I asked my teacher, 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 am I a Republican or a Democrat? And I got to tell you, I love that teacher because she goes, Jimmy, that's not an answer I can answer for you. <laughs> you know, as you grow up, you'll understand what you are. Right? And I'll never forget that. That's a really civics history class that you never get in civic and history class as a whole. But Tim, what we need to bring back to our country is that we need to make sure that the public, the people, like, cause you know, I'm all about freedom of speech and freedom of assembly and freedom of the press, but we got to get the press back to what you're doing. Let's get different perspectives. Mm-hmm. Let's not be afraid of it. Like, yeah. We may not like it. It may, may feel us uncomfortable. Look at it in my own business, women in the construction industry. We just uh, launched a new initiative, right? We're going to be serious about it, okay? And here's the thing is that I can play the same tune as the industry, but we want to be change makers. My company is going to be a change makers, and we're going to have women in the interior system straight, in the construction industry. And my company is going to make sure that we're outperforming any other company out there. And we're a Mickey Mouse company. <laughs> we just started five years ago when I ran for office, and I couldn't get a job because – People felt, oh, there he is. He's a liberal. But that's okay. I forgive you. <laughs> because because of that, and because of that rejection, I was able to start my own business. That I would have never thought that I could start, but it was for survival because I make $600 as a mayor. Because I don't do it for the money because I do it because of the people. Like, So please organize, Imperian. Like, hey, if you're a Republican, you want to meet with me, I won't be in a meeting where you want to bash me. And you want to make me feel like I'm... Small because I've already gone through that. That's you know that does stuff that doesn't phase me. It just irritates me now. It doesn't stop me. It just irritates me. But I want to hear from you. Like, well, what is it? Like, you know, you conservatives. What what is it that's concerning you? Hardcore Democrats, hardcore liberals. Okay, what is it? Defunding the police. Let me just say that I have a woman mother whose son cut the belly of another young Latino. Okay, so that Latino has his guts hanging out. This young man ended up doing that. Mom's upset. She wants to see if there's something in the justice system the way they did wrong where her son can get out. But the reality is he, he did a crime. And I said, you know, Mom, you know, I don't think that there's anything out there. But let me see, right? Just give that hope, right? Because there might have been something in the justice system that they did wrong that is unjust. And you know what? Even if it was right or wrong, the system failed them. So let's see if there's something there where the attorneys made a mistake. Because it's America. I mean, we operate with attorneys. But yet I have to go talk to the mother where the child's stomach had to be re-put back in the stomach and re-sewed. And I have to tell her that she's going to have justice for her child. Kind of a hard situation to be in. Absolutely. And Latinos are not a monolithic, monolithic community. 34% of our Latinos voted for Trump. So please, my white friends, when you look at me, just don't think I'm a Democrat. Understand that I have the respect of my community to represent the Latino Republicans, the Latino Socialist Democrats, the Latino Democrats, 
because, you know, I have no other choice. <laughs> you all haven't done a good job, enough job to represent this community, so it's my job today. And so if you're going to find somebody that's going to understand the hardcore conservatives or the Republicans, it's going to be me because I have to represent that community because I'm the only brown guy who speaks Spanish who represents Burien. Yeah. Jimmy, I, I sure appreciate just your, your heart, your perspective, uh, your story. I mean, just I, I love the fact, and I, and I, I hope more uh, leaders rise up like you who, um, who see that, who see that they're the, uh, you know, the mayor in whatever position they're in for, for everyone, not just one particular group. And that is so important. And, man, Jimmy, it's just been a true pleasure no, you, you, you to me, man. You, you. I love how you're bringing the news to our community. It don't matter what they represent. And so, Tim, that's the people I want to work with. Anything that you need from me or my community, you let me know. Not if it's interpreting translation in Spanish, you let me know because I know this community wants to help in being part of the solution, not part of the problem. So yeah. I, I appreciate you and I applaud your program. Thank you so much. Hey, thank you so much. That's been Jimmy Mata, Mayor of Berrien. One of the great cities in South King County doing great work. And visit Burien, will you? There's some great restaurants there, some great folks. So visit Burien. Maybe this weekend uh, you could head down there and grab a bite to eat. So glad you were with us today on this, this show. What a great show. Jimmy Mata, Mayor of Burien. Uh, just, man, I, I just, man, really encouraged by just the, the outlook, um, someone who, um, his parents came here from Guatemala, uh, undocumented farm workers. They were, you know, seasonal workers in, uh, Ephrata in Idaho and, you know, had a, had a, you know, a, a rougher, tougher upbringing as he described with, you know, some of his family members, his cousin, you know, murdered by, you know, gang members. And uh, he never graduated high school. He's a high school dropout and he loves his community and uh, is now the first Latino mayor of Berrien. I just, that is, uh, that that's America, right? I mean, we're all, um, <laughs> we're all immigrants, right? <laughs> I mean, we're all we're all immigrants. We all came from a from a different place, um, and there's really only one community here that isn't immigrants, um, and that's our our indigenous native friends. So, man, I tell you, just really uh, grateful for Jimmy today, and I'm grateful for you for uh, being a part of the show today. Mm-hmm.